You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing today? Thank you so much for tuning in to our weekly YouTube uh, recording, I guess you want to call it, because it's not live in our podcast on Spotify. Uh, We're thankful that you guys decided to listen for week two of our teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Last week, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, what they are, and um, we talked about why they're still for today. Uh, But this week, we're going to be talking specifically about defining the nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. But first, but first, it is time to rate that apple. Here we go. Come on now. What apple do we have today, Ben? Today, we have a gala apple and told two people so far, and both people have given me negative responses. He was one of them. It just feels like a ball of wax. Mm. Well, hopefully there's apple in there somewhere. Yeah. But uh, we're starting to run out, guys. Yeah, we're going to we need are. you guys to like help us with like a new segment. Like there's something new coming. The tide is turning. The tide is turning. I'm like what if we did like fruits and like just we just like fruit? yeah, and we just like rated like fruit. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. It sounds like a bad idea. Maybe, All right, I mean, let's let's wait. What, what's up? We're gonna have some apple orchard apples pretty soon. Hopefully, That's true. there's gonna be a bunch of different kinds that we get from from there. But. Yeah, I'm ready to go swallow a can of wax. Here okay. we go. Oh, I I didn't even get through. Come on. Yeah, just. Oh my god. Where is the trash? <laughs> this is awful. Oh my goodness. Wow. Who would eat this? It doesn't even taste good. I disagree there. I think that the apple tastes good, but the skin is just like like a centimeter thick. This may be a bad gala because mine is mushing in my mouth. Like it's like actually like straight up mushy. Oh, maybe then. Because mine like Let me was- see the inside of yours. Yeah, I think that might just got a bad one. The skin is really thick, though. And the taste doesn't really make up for it. You know, I can't really give this a fair rating. Oh, wait, doesn't Brianna... Did you get another one for Brianna? Yeah, you want it? Yeah, let me me just... I'm sorry, this is very serious. We take our apple eating very seriously, and I would like to give it another shot because I just want to be fair. I want to be fair. Okay, this one is actually a lot less waxy. Let's see. Hopefully it's not two bad ones back to back. Okay, this tastes different. Yeah, okay. This was a bad gala. Like, it actually was bad. That makes more sense. Because I was like, people like these. Always got to have a backup. Always going to have a backup, that's right. All right, Ben, take it away. You go first. The skin is really chewy. Like really, really chewy, but I do, I do think the taste is pretty good and the bite is okay. I'm gonna give it a. I feel like I feel like I've been doing this recently, where it's just really middle of the road. But this is like a five for me because the skin is not good, but everything else about it is is pretty good. So I feel like it's middle of the road. 
average. The skin for me, skin is a big part of the apple for me. If I'm eating an apple and the skin is just really bad, it does throw off the apple for me. The flavor on the inside was nothing to like, like really like, right. like it was nothing. So I would say that the flavor was average and the skin was below average. So with, with both of those things together, if a five is average, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with like a, like a 3.5. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad apple. <laughs> it's not a it's good not apple. A great one. It's not a good. If someone handed it to me, I would be able to eat it, but right. it, it's me. All right. I'm going to so, go with a four. That's, that's a right. four, a four. I agree. All right, I'm done now. We're done with this. That that was a very serious rate that apple. Like maybe we should do like no, nah, there's not multiple types of bananas. No. There's not. Sorry. There we go. All right. Now to more pressing matters, the word of God. Um Let's talk about these gifts of the spirit. I hope that you guys enjoy that segment as much as we do because I'm not going to lie, I do really enjoy it. I'm wearing a shirt and tie today. Not because I'm trying to be like fancy on the podcast, because I teach a Bible class at Faith Prep, uh, the school here, uh, and the dress code is to like wear like shirt and tie, like nice stuff, you know, whatever. But anyway, just in case you were wondering, but the gifts of the spirit, again, these are found in first Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse one, and you can find them all the way through, um, verse 11. You can find uh, the, the whole section on spiritual gifts. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And people have tried to categorize the gifts of the Spirit. And I believe that while the Bible doesn't specifically put them into these categories, that it is fair to put them in these categories because it makes sense. Uh, one of uh, the ways that somebody categorizes them, his name is Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. in his book, The Camels Are Coming is he categorizes them as there are gifts that help you think like God, there are gifts that help you act like God, and gifts that help you speak like God. Another way to put it would be the utterance gifts, the power gifts, and the revelation gifts. The utterance gifts, they help us speak things that we don't know. The power gifts uh, help us attempt things that we can't do. And the revelation gifts help us see what God sees. These are different ways that you can define the gifts of the spirit. Um, and I think that honestly, I think brother Ted Shuttlesworth hits, hits them uh, right on the, on the money uh, with the way of categorizing them. It makes a lot of sense and it's very practical, but let's start with the revelation gifts. So the gifts that help us think like God, the, these three gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and then the last gift that uh, that that's in this um in this category. Excuse me, I just want to make sure that I say that I say the right one here is the discerning of spirits, the discerning of spirits. So we're going to start with the word of wisdom, and we're going to define it. The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is this is when the Holy Spirit reveals to someone something that has not yet happened. The Holy Spirit uses someone to reveal something that has not yet happened. Let me give you uh, an example of this. If I said to Ben, you guys just saw Ben on the podcast. If I said to Ben, Ben, I feel by the Spirit right now that God is getting ready to, 
You know, God's getting ready to uh, to do something in your life. He's getting ready to, uh, you know, start a Bible study at your workplace. And the Lord, he's saying that what you need to do to get this started is to, you know, um, is to buy 50 Bibles. And if you buy the 50 Bibles, that God will help you get it started. That's a really, like, random example and really weird and out there and stuff. But basically... It is a word of wisdom. You're giving someone wisdom or you're giving someone uh, through by the spirit direction for their future. People sometimes mistake this as prophecy. They think that when we think of prophecy, we think of the foretelling of the future or telling someone something about the future. When in reality, in the New Testament, we don't see evidence of that being the same gift. We see the word of knowledge more functioning in the, in the direction of someone's future where prophecy, and we'll get to it in a second, prophecy is more encouragement in the New Testament. Encouragement, supernatural encouragement by the Spirit. But a word of wisdom, it's the Holy Spirit uses someone to reveal something that has not yet happened. Uh, an example of this in scripture would be Paul's warning that he would be bound in Jerusalem, that he would be bound in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 21, they told him by the spirit that you would be bound when you go to Jerusalem. And so that was a word of knowledge. They were telling Paul something about his future that was going to happen. Another example is that I know people that prophesied, or I use the word prophesy in the sense, in uh, there, there's in a terminology of the foretelling of the future, like the Old Testament, but really what they were operating in was the gift of the word of wisdom. They, by the word of wisdom, they were able to see that COVID was going to happen and they said that there was going to be something that was got one of the people that actually uh, that actually uh, prophesied or had a word of wisdom about this was Brother Ted Shuttlesworth uh, Senior. He uh, knew by the Spirit that COVID was going to take place, and he actually he actually said that it was going to happen, and the the Spirit of God told him. So that that's a word of wisdom, and. I, Understand this, that with any of the gifts of the Spirit, you need to test them according to the Scripture and pray them through to see if they're really God. People may tell you weird word of wisdoms. You know, brother, you're getting ready to go to prison. God's going to throw you into prison. And they start like telling you all this weird stuff that's going to happen in your future. And it's like, number one, it doesn't line up with God's Word. And number two, you, you, you're like, that doesn't sit right in my spirit. You need to pray those things through. You can't just accept man's Word as God's word. Now, it's very possible that somebody is speaking by the Spirit and that they are correct in what they're telling you, but you need to test it. You need to test it. You need to test the Spirit. You need to test, um, you need to test the word. Don't just accept it as fact. You need to pray about it, see if it lines up with the word of God. People get in trouble by just believing words that people give them. They think that God told them that they're going to marry the person that they're dating, and then it ends up working out really poorly for them. You know, some prophet gives them a word of knowledge, or, or I'm sorry, a word of wisdom, that you two will get married, yada, yada, yada. And then he like, but meanwhile, in your private time, he's a bum, and he's like punching you in the face, and he's like beating you and abusing you. And by, but by a word of not, but by a word of wisdom, God said this is going to happen. No, God did not say that then. God did not say that. You had to pray things through. Things need to resonate in your spirit as well. Yes, there are men of God that you can trust, men and women of God that you can trust and understand. But if they tell you something that's not in line with the word of God, 
then it doesn't matter who it is. But there are men and women of God that you could trust for sure. Uh, I have people in my life that I trust that if they gave me a word of wisdom that I knew it would be by the Spirit. But even if they contradicted Scripture, like for example, the Bible talks about characteristics of a godly husband, that it's like Christ would die for the ch- uh, church. Your husband should be uh, like Christ in that in that way. It says so in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you are dating someone that's being abusive towards you, and you're, I'm, I don't know why I'm speaking to, to girls here on this, but if you're a girl and you're dating someone that's abusing you physically, they are not acting like a godly husband. I don't care how many words of wisdom that there are about the fact that you guys should get married. It, it really doesn't matter because he's not acting like Christ, and therefore he's not someone that should be a God, that's not a godly husband, and you shouldn't marry him. Simple. Now, if you break up and he changes and God brings you back together, then praise God. But still, just because the word of wisdom said that you should get married doesn't mean that it was actually a real word of wisdom by the gift of the Spirit. People lie, unfortunately. Some people are deceitful on purpose. Sometimes just sometimes people just don't hear right. But that's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Another gift that helps us think like God or, or a revelation gift. A word of knowledge is something the Spirit reveals about someone's present or past, present or past. Um, for an example of this would be God reveals to me part of someone's past to help them heal from it and ultimately encourage the individual. Remember, the gifts of the Spirit are to edify and build up the body of Christ. That's one. Of, that's its main purpose. Uh, an example of a word of knowledge would be Jesus Christ when he was uh, talking to the woman at the well in John 4, and he says to her, he says, you know, or, uh, you know, go bring, go get your husband. And she responds and says, you know, I don't have a husband. And, uh, or, or that I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. How did Jesus know that? By a word of knowledge by the Holy Spirit. So a word of knowledge is something that you'll get about the past or present situation of an individual. And it won't just be because it won't just be because God wants to tell you about someone else's business for you to tell them. It would be there'll be a purpose for it, maybe to show that God is real. Right? You know, I was talking to somebody over over um PlayStation actually. It was funny. And God gave me a word of knowledge for them. I knew exactly what they were thinking. And the reason why the I said I said to the person that I feel God telling me this right now. And I told them what God was telling me about what they were thinking at the current moment, a present about what they were thinking in the present situation. And I said, the reason why God told me that is because he wants to show you that he really is real because this person was not saved. And the person was compelled to know more about Christ through that. That is a, that's a, what a word of knowledge will do. It will actually serve a purpose. It won't just be for no reason that you get a word of knowledge. It might be a word of knowledge about someone's past situation. And you say to them, for example, oh, you know, and God wants to heal you of that today. God wants to heal you of that past damage. That's a reason to have a word of knowledge. So a word of knowledge is when the Spirit reveals something about to an individual about a present or past uh, situation. The next gift that helps us think like God, that's a revelation gift, is the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. Dr. Lester Sumrall in his book, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit, defines it like this. The discerning of spirits is the divine ability to see the presence and activity of a spirit that motivates a human being, whether bad or good. I used to not understand this gift very well, but thankfully Dr. Sumrall taught me a lot about it through his book. But basically what will happen 
is it's possible to see the spirit that someone is operating behind. It's possible to see the spirit that someone is operating behind. I've been able to tell before that someone that, that someone is operating in an evil spirit or a good spirit just based upon the way that they're behaving, the things that they're doing. Something will just happen. You'll feel something on the inside of you. Go, I'll think, I think this person is not operating in a, in a good spirit. I think that this person is operating in a good spirit. You're able to discern that by the discerning of spirits. And so that's what Dr. Lester Summerall taught about that. And that's what the discerning of spirits is. Um, a biblical example of a discerning of spirits is Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Let me read it to you, actually. Pull it up. Acts chapter 5. By the way, I'm, I'm astonished by the fact that a lot of people in this generation, they do not know such simple things about the Bible. And it's really a shame for me to see. And the reason why I'm saying that as I turn to Acts is because People don't, some people don't even know where the book of Acts is. I, I gave, um, in a Christian school, I gave my Bible class. This is my first year having them. I gave them a quiz to see their knowledge of the Bible. Only two of the 14 kids in my class were able to tell me how many books of the Bible there were, and zero of the 14 were able to properly define what the doctrine of the Trinity is. We need to, we need to get back to basics. If you don't know where things are in the Bible, start to flip in your Bible and look for stuff. Memorize, where, uh, memorize the books of the Bible in order. It will help you. Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, basically Ananias and Sapphira, they sold the property and they, uh, and they saw basically, um, they saw that some of the believers were selling their possessions in Acts chapter 4 and that they received praise for selling their possessions to give to the poor and, or to give to those that not were necessarily poor but in need. And they saw the high praise that people got from that. And so they decided that they were going to sell their land too. And they told everybody that they gave the full sale of their land to the uh, apostles to help people that were in need. And that's what they told everybody. They were like, yeah, like, you know, I gave, uh, we gave all of our money. Like, you know, this is everything we have. But really, they kept some back for themselves. And so... The sin in this, by the way, is not that they didn't give all the money. It's that they said that they give all, gave all of their money and didn't really give all their money. They lied to the Holy Spirit of God. They tried to deceive the apostles and deceive the Spirit of God. And obviously, you can't do that. Uh, and literally, literally, you can't do that in the sense that it's wrong, but you can't do that in the sense that you can't fool God. You can't fool. He sees everything. But Ananias and Sapphira, they lied. And Peter even says the land was yours to sell or yours to keep. You didn't have to do what you did. But because you lied, they received a consequence for that. And that consequence was actually death. But look at what Peter says. He says this. Verse 4. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. Again, you didn't have to give all the money away. People think all oh, this, you know, shows you that you need to sell everything that you have and give them. No, that's not what the lesson of this is. It's that just don't lie. That's it's pretty simple. Don't lie to the spirit of God. But he then says, how could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Back to verse, go back to verse three, a couple of verses. After Ananias and, uh, and Sapphira uh, had lied about the money they gave, Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? 
You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. By the Holy Spirit, Peter discerned through the discerning of spirits that Satan had filled his heart. That Satan had filled his heart. Uh, Jesus, when Peter said to, uh, to him, like, basically, like, no, don't go to the cross. That's not what's going to happen here. You know, you're not supposed to do that. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Why? He discerned the spirit that, that, that uh, Peter was operating in. Uh, not necessarily knowingly Peter operated in that spirit, but that's the spirit that was behind it. It's the discerning of spirits, the ability to be able to see what spirit motivates a human being, whether good or bad. The Holy Spirit has used me in this as well. I've had certain people that I've worked with in, in ministry, and I'd go, I sense something wrong here in my spirit. Actually, by the discerning of spirits, I discerned something very recently, and I called a spiritual mentor, and I told them what I was discerning because I, I was trying to, um, if I was discerning correctly, I was going to need to get involved in the situation. And by the spirit, I, I was able to, to know and, and discern, and I told my spiritual mentor that knew what was going on, and they said to me, they said, yes, like that's exactly what's going on. Like you're discerning like properly. That's what the discerning of spirits will do. The Lord will literally let you know what spirit a person is operating in, not just necessarily to just so that you can know, but so that you can know and that you cannot partner with them for things, so that you can know and that you could be guarded with certain things. There's a reason why you're operating in the discerning of spirits, but that's what the discerning of spirits will do. The next set of gifts, the next set of gifts, and I think I might only have time to get through one more, so this might have to be a three-parter. The gifts that help us act like God. The gifts that help us act like God. We have the gifts that help us think like God and the gifts that help us act like God or the gifts that help us basically do things that we would not be able to do on our own. These are the, these are the power gifts, doing things that only God is able to do in us. God's using us to do it. The first gift is the gift of faith. The gift of faith. This provides the believer with supernatural faith to believe for something that seems impossible. And this is not just the same as regular faith that you get saved by. Like everyone has faith because they've, they've gotten saved and stuff. And, you know, obviously we have a measure of faith and things of that nature because we got saved. And that's great. Everybody has faith to believe uh, in Jesus Christ as their Savior. But the gift of faith is different. And I'll give you an example. God calls me to go so, um to go to uh, somewhere, and I go even though I don't have the money to go there because I trust that God will provide for me. Perfect example of this, Dr. Lester Sumrall. Dr. Lester Sumrall. He is the one who wrote the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. God called him to go to Japan, and he didn't sit there and fundraise. He didn't go, well, I'll go, God, when I have enough money someday. No, he said, with, ev with all the money that I have right now, I just have enough money to get to Japan. God, I'm going to go in faith, understanding that you'll take care of me because I'm obeying you. And so what did he do? He spent all the money he had just to get to Japan. He showed up. God provided every single thing for him. I know somebody else that is a minister. His name is Evangelist Jesse Comrie. If you ever watch this, uh, Evangelist Jesse, good to, good to uh, I guess, good for you to see me. But thanks for tuning in. But uh, Evangelist Jesse, great man of God, he left Bible college his last year to go to Germany because God told him to go then. He didn't, he didn't say finish your last year. God said, go now, you're ready. 
And so he left everything he had, went to Germany, and everything was provided for him. By a gift of faith, he understood that God would provide everything for him. It was something in the natural that made absolutely zero sense. How are you supposed to have everything provided for you in a country that you've never been to before, that you've never met anybody before, that you don't have any money in? How is that supposed to happen? By a gift of faith, he trusted God and knew that God would provide every single one of, of their needs. So the gift of faith, it's, it's uh, providing the believer with supernatural faith to believe for something that seems impossible. Believing for something that seems impossible. It's impossible to go to another country and not know anyone, not have any money, and have all your needs provided for, not go hungry, and not starve your family to death. It's impossible. But guess what? With God, all things are possible. By the gift of faith, it's possible. God can impart that faith for you to believe in something. It's like this. This just came into my spirit. It's like this in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Beginning in verse 21, Jesus curses a fig tree. And it says in verse 21, Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you could say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. You could tell a fig tree. Jesus told a fig tree, shrivel up and die and it died. Jesus said, you could say to a mountain, be removed, be cast up and thrown into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, it will happen. Jesus said in Luke 16, if you say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, it will be done. You could get a revelation of that today. I got a revelation of it. Uh, I was at, we were at summer camp, and I was just reading my Bible. And my car wasn't starting, and I needed it to, I needed it to get home so it could get fixed. And so I just, I just read Luke 16, and so I decided to align my faith and I, by a gift of faith, I knew without a shadow of a doubt in my heart that my car was going to start. And I even said before I started my car, Lord, your word says, and I quoted Luke 16, and I said, so this car will start in Jesus' name. I had no doubt in my heart. I really didn't. And I st- the car started, first try. My car was literally taking 10 to 11 tries to start. It was like getting to a point where it wasn't even starting. started just like that. That's a gift of faith. That's a gift of faith to be able to do that. Believing for something that seems impossible to to happen. Where are we at right now, Ben? What, What are we at, 26? Praise God, we have time for some more gifts. The next gift that helps us act like God, or the next power gift, is the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing. Uh... This is the hardest gift to define in 1 Corinthians 12, I'll be honest with you. Um, But know this before we say anything. There is a difference between healing and the gifts of healing. Very clear and distinct difference in Scripture. God desires for everyone to be healed. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, you can lay your hands on anybody and see them recover. You don't have to be operating in the gifts of healing to do it. Everyone, every believer in Christ has authority to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It says in Matthew 
8, 16 through 17. If you want to turn there, I'm not going to turn there. But Jesus just healed Peter's mother of a high fever. And Jesus, it says that this fulfilled the word of the Lord to the prophet Isaiah, that he took our sickness and he bore our illnesses. So clearly, Jesus took and bore our, our sickness and illness. He took it. It's gone. He bore it. He took it by his stripes, we're healed. That's physical and that's spiritual. We know that clearly uh, because in Matthew 16 through 17, it says by his stripes, we are healed as well. So, and then again in 1 Peter, it says it in the context of uh, spiritual. So we know it's physical and spiritual. So Jesus literally took our sicknesses. So uh, literally you could receive healing at any time. You don't need a, uh, the gifts of healing to be able to receive healing. The, the gift of healing or healing is available to every believer in Christ. But there is the gifts of healing. There is the gifts of healing. And here's what the gifts of spirit, uh, the gifts of healing are in the gifts of the spirit. This special gift is slightly different than generic healing because of this. The gifts of healing is when someone has the special ability to pray for people with a certain disease or certain diseases. Here's an example. Evangelist Wesley, who probably out of everybody that I named on today's uh, podcast is the most likely to ever watch this podcast. So, Wes, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. But Evangelist Wesley, he has an anointing on his life and ministry to pray for people that have deaf ears or that are hard of hearing. I see, it seems like whenever he's in a meeting, that's something the Lord puts on his heart. And people are almost even drawn into his meetings that... Uh, that have this uh, that have this disability, and so by the Spirit, he says, "Is anybody in here have hard of hearing in their ears or deaf in one of their ears?" And they'll come forward, and he'll lay hands on them, and their ear will, will open. Here's an a special anointing on his life to pray for people that. Um, to pray for people that are hard of hearing or that are deaf. This doesn't mean that God doesn't use him in other other uh, ways to heal people. God uses uh, Evangelist Wesley by the Spirit to be able to pray for anybody that's sick and see them recover. I've seen him pray for numerous things and see people healed. But uh, a specific, a special gift that God has given him, a special grace or a special anointing that's on his life is to pray for people with deaf ears. So that's what the gifts of healing are. People say this is the dumbest thing. I hate it when I hate it when people say this. I don't hate the people. I hate that they say this. I hate it when people say, "Well, you know, I don't have the gifts of healing, so I just can't really pray for people to be healed." You know, not everybody has the the gift to be able to heal people. They're misunderstanding the scripture if they say that. Everybody that's a believer in Christ can lay hand, their hands on the sick and see them recover. It's very clear in scripture actually. It says it in Mark 16 that you'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We see the disciples laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Why can't we do it? We can do greater works, we'll do, Jesus said. But the actual gifts of healing is different. It's two different things. The gifts of healing will often be accompanied by a word of knowledge where the person, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is revealed what's wrong in a person. I've seen Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. call somebody out in a service by a word of knowledge. He'll say, you right there. You have, I, I want to pray for you. And they'll come down and they'll say, there's something wrong in your back. And he'll say everything that's wrong by a word of knowledge in their back. And then they'll go and they'll get, and they'll have a miracle take place. They'll have a miracle take place. The next one, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. This is the last power gift. 
The working of miracles is the supernatural intervention, excuse me, by God in the ordinary cause of nature. It is God working through a person, an animal, or some other instrument to do something that could not normally be done. Let me see if I can give you that in a simpler definition, just because that's like the, that's like I, I quoted that from either Dr. Summerall's book or Brother Ted's book, The Camels Are Coming. I believe it was Dr. Summerall's book. But basically, it's supernatural inter- intervention by God. It's God doing something supernatural, which all of these things are really supernatural at the end of the day. But it's God doing something supernatural that's out of the ordinary cause of nature. Like, it's something that does not make sense in the ordinary. And uh, and God, he uses a person, an animal, or some other part, a thing or instrument to be able to do something that just could not normally be done. It's something that literally could not happen otherwise. Uh, I'll give you an example of, uh, of this happening. Biblical example, Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus turning water into wine. That was a miracle. That was like something that like does not make sense. Water turning into wine does not make sense. That is a miracle. That is, a, that is a miracle. It does not make sense. It is out of the ordinary cause of nature for water to turn into wine. When Moses, um, he went to Pharaoh and, you know, let my people go. You guys know that whole thing. Like, you know, maybe the song, let, I'm not going to sing. Never mind. We're not going to do that. That's just a really bad idea. You guys would want to turn the audio down if I did that. <laughs> but, um, he, you know, he goes to the Nile and it turns to blood. That does not happen. By, nat- by the natural cause of nature. So th- that is a working of miracles. It's something supernatural that takes place that just goes into the, um, goes outside the ordinary cause of nature. The gift of faith in the working of miracles will often go hand in hand. Someone has faith to believe this absolutely will happen. And then by a uh, working of, um, of miracles, it happens. So um, Jesus, when he feeds the 5,000, Jesus feeds the 5,000, and you can find that story in, in the Gospels. But Jesus, he's feeding the 5,000. That was actually a pretty stupid thing to say. Anything about Jesus, you can pretty much find in the Gospels. But anyway, sorry. But uh, Jesus, he, uh, uh, he feeds the 5,000, and what happens, he's basically, he has, he basically has got a couple pieces of bread and some fish. That's all he's got. And by a working of miracles... He goes and multiplies it and feeds 5,000. That's 5,000 men. It was likely somewhere more around fifteen to 20,000 total people. So there were like 5,000 families there, 5,000 men, so 5,000 families, and he feeds all of them. That was a working of miracles that he was able to multiply all of those things and make that happen. So that, that's a working of miracles to be able to do that. That defied nature. Nature does not say... That, oh, you know what? Like, uh, if I got a couple pieces of bread, then I can just go and, and bless it, and then all of a sudden I can have a, as much bread as I possibly want. It doesn't work like that. That goes against the ordinary cause of nature, the working of miracles. So quickly, let me review with you. Quickly, let me review with you. We have the gifts that help us think like God or the revelation gifts. This is the word of knowledge the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Word of wisdom, something about the future, a w- wisdom for someone's future, right? Uh, it kind of is what we think of prophecy to be. 
word of knowledge, past and present uh, situation. You get a word about someone's past or present situation. The discerning of spirits, it helps you discern or it helps you uh, be able to see the spirit that motivates a person's actions, whether good or bad. Then you have the gifts that help you act like God, the power gifts. This is the gift of faith. Uh, that's just, you believe without a shadow of a doubt that, that something that seems impossible is going to happen. The gift of faith. You have the gifts of healing. This is when God anoints you or puts a special grace on your life to pray for a certain sickness or disease. Then you have the working of miracles. And the working of miracles is when something that just defies the ordinary course of nature takes place. Best books that you can read on this is The Camels Are Coming by Evangelist uh, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. And really a lot, he probably derived a lot of his information from this book, The uh, Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit by Dr. Lester Summerall. Uh, Great books, great books. I'd recommend any believer in Christ read those things. You can operate in the gifts. The gifts are for you. We still have another category of gifts that we're going to talk about next week. And they're the gifts that help us talk like God or the utterance gifts. We're going to talk about them next week. This will be tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. (laughs) I got some stories for you when we get to tongues and interpretation of tongues. You got some good ones for you that will make you laugh. Uh, But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. You can operate in the gifts. Do so. Operate in the gifts. Pray. Ask God to help you operate in the gifts on a greater level. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.